glad to come your way this morning with God's word. Uh, are you enjoying the summer? <laughs> I trust that we are enjoying the summer, right? And uh, enjoy enjoy the summer whilst it lasts because it goes by real quick. The days are just going by. I I, lo- I also look forward to us meeting physically in a church. And also um, the program that we have outlined for this week, which is our fasting and prayer week, uh, starting tomorrow. So please, let's all do well to patronize and note the times as well. Amen. Let's start with a word of prayer. Um, Father, we thank you this morning for an opportunity to hear your word. We pray that your word will come forth in simplicity and clarity of speech. I pray that your word will minister to your people this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you will do in the house. We give you praise this morning. We thank you that at the end of this, we will understand your word and we will be blessed. Amen. Uh, please turn our Bibles with me to Psalm 84, verse 5 to 7. Psalm 84, verse 5 to 7. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Verse 6. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Amen. I'm ministering on the subject this morning, the Valley of Baca, and uh, you will get it by the time um, this is over. The exact author of this psalm is unknown, uh, but many attribute it to David because it draws a parallel to Psalm uh, chapter 67. So when you look at chapter 67 of this same book and um, this chapter that I just read the two verses from, you can draw similar parallels that suffices to say many are saying it's David. So this basically, I mean, when the, the psalm that I just read, I just picked just two verses. But if you read the whole of Psalm 84, it's talking about the dwelling place of God, which in, in their time happened to be the tabernacle. Uh, in the midst of this doxology, some few truths can be given and we can glean from them as we learn from uh, the ancient words of life this morning. In verse 5 of our reading, David admonishes the one whose strength is in God as he embarks on a pilgrimage. You know, a pilgrimage is a religious journey. You know, uh, to the average Jew, when they heard the word pilgrimage, Jerusalem is what came into the picture because Jerusalem was seen as that city. It was seen as the city of God. You know, it it was seen as the place where the temple was going to be built, where God will be. You know, it was seen that they will have a physical place called a church, a physical place called a temple where God was going to dwell. It was also a place prophesied to be known as the house of peace. So when Israel come to that place, it means they have ceased from all their struggle, their toils, from all their are wandering and they have come to a place of peace. 
Jerusalem was also a place which was surrounded by mountains, you know, and the mountain, the popular mountain there was called Zion. So Jerusalem was sort of on a mountainous ridge. And a mountain meant a lot of things to the Israelites because when the Israelites were sojourning in the wilderness, the mountain that God spoke to them from was Mount Sinai. And the, equiv- and the equivalent of Mount Sinai, when they go to Jerusalem, where they believe, because Jewish people were very superstitious. They were very superstitious people. So they believed that the, the mountain that God was going to speak to them from was going to be Zion. So when you, they, they heard the word, someone is on a pilgrimage, the first thing they think of was on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And it's just like the Muslims. When you mention the word pilgrimage to a Muslim, he thinks of Mecca, right? And this week, we all know it. The Muslims was there. It, it so it was something like that. And let me even bring it home. It's like America. When we talk of the city, the city is New York. They say you've not visited America till you've been to New York. It's not, it's not, it's not Dallas. It's not Connecticut. Sorry. <laughs> they say you haven't come to America till you've come to the city. And what's the city? The Big Apple. New York. Right? So the, the Jewish people, they had a city in mind. And that city was Jerusalem. It was a place they looked forward to. It was a place that had prophetic prospects as inspired by the prophets, as inspired by the rulers of their day. And they really look forward to going there. Let me also say this to your attention this morning. You're also embarking on a journey. So this scripture doesn't just apply to the Jewish people who were set on a pilgrimage. This also applies to you. I want you to know that you're on a journey. Each of us listening to me today is undertaking one. Perhaps it may be what God has even promised you in 2021. That is a journey. And to embark on a successful journey, David admonished, your strength has to be in God. Blessed is the one whose strength is in God as his heart is set on a pilgrimage. Too many times we neglect the God factor and rely on our might how smart we are, our social and political connects, and our economic power. All these without God, believe you me, it will come to a crashing halt. Please understand that life takes us through different phases, different transitions, and different stages. And you will need God for safe navigation. Life is not as you see it. It's not ephemeral. Life, life is not just this dimension. Even in this world, with not being a Christian, it is said that we have four dimensions. Three dimensions you can see, the fourth you can see. And there's not even Christianity. This is more like science. So there is something beyond what we see. So life is not just as you see it. It's not as just you feel it. It's not as just you start it. Life is sometimes not a straightforward line. And ladies and gentlemen, if you will want to be able to embark on this journey with its meanderings, with its transitions, with its up and downs, you will need God. You will need God for safe navigation. Put your strength, put your trust, put your confidence, put, rely everything on the Lord. Don't trust in yourself. The Bible says that trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, not some of your ways, not most of your ways, not in majority of your ways, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Ladies and gentlemen, on this path that we have been so far, how inclusive has God been in those plans? We need to include him in our pilgrimage. We are on a pilgrimage. And in every year, the six and seven months are very crucial. Most people tend to resign and conclude the year by the sixth month. It happens. By the sixth month, many people have given up. A, a larger majority have given up. January, we wish Happy New Year. We have our plans, our aspirations. We are happy. February, most people start to lose steam. By the sixth month, many people have concluded the year already. Not knowing that there are six more months to go. Some also, they just become afraid. They come to a standstill. Because of the first six months. They look at the first six months and they are even suffering from PTSD. It's like, wow, what a year. What, what a year. And it's not just a year. It's just half a year. But they have concluded. And they, they become so afraid. They become fearful. Because when they look back at, 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 at six months, they, 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 they have nothing to write home about. All they can see is fear. All they can see is problem after problem, circumstance after circumstance. And, and, and they come to a, a, a standstill. They don't want to move forward. But there are the few that use the second and seven months to evaluate all the events that has happened in the past. And they use it to gather momentum and set sail for the next five months ahead. Now, one of such places that can cause a shift in our journey is a valley. And ladies and gentlemen, today, what's a valley? A valley. It is a low land or a depression of the earth's surface. And sometimes you, you will not be able to see a valley very well especially when it is between mountains and hills, then the, the valley becomes very accentuated because most valleys don't happen really on a plain land. It has to happen normally in between hills and mountains so that you'll be able to see the difference. It's, it's a lowland or a depression of the air surface. Most, most times it's um, um, rains that even cause a valley. Sometimes mo, mo, um, valleys, the, the, the cause of most valleys are rains. And a valley, figuratively speaking, it can also be the lowest point of our lives that cause pain and sadness. Have you been there? There are some people who might be going through valleys because they are going through some very tough moments which seem to be the lowest point of their life that is causing them some grief, some pain, some anxiety, and some sadness. Now, on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, during the time of David, a valley was unavoidable. The route to going to Jerusalem, which was on a mountainous ridge, which seems to be a high place, you will have to go through a valley to get there. And Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes life is similar 
in that fashion. Sometimes for us to really go to our high places, for us to go to our exalted places that maybe God has promised and predicted and we might have some bright prospects about it. Sometimes the path to going there is through a valley. And may I submit to you that the Israelites went to an actual valley. It was a real place. That it was a valley, topographical um, um, situation. It was, it was a real location. But perhaps you and I, we might not have to go to a real valley. But we might be going through phases or transitions in the journey of life or our work with God. You might be in a valley. Now, what was the meaning of the word the valley of Baca? When you look at the meaning of the word the valley of Baca, it meant a place of weeping or lamentation. So, from where Israelites were, from there to set a pilg- on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, they will have to go through an unpleasant place called the Valley of Baca, which meant a place of weeping and lamentation. And the name Baca is from Balsam Tree. And if you know anything about Balsam Tree, Balsam Tree is one of the trees that festers a lot of pests, especially like badworms and things like that. In fact, even the state of Connecticut, they, they, they've listed Balsam Tree as an endangered species in the just in the city of Canada right there. So a, a balsam tree is not really pleasant. If, I, if, if, if you've ever been by the balsam tree, it normally has some white fluid or droplets which, which tends to have a very bad smell. So it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't even evoke good memories. The Valley of Baca is a place of weeping. And, and sometimes... Life will sometimes demand we go through Valley of Bacchus. Sometimes God, in his wisdom, will design we will go through Valley of Bacchus. And sometimes that can be very uncomfortable and it can be very painful. These are places where you go. It's it's very tough. It's tough places of pain. It can be places of bitterness. It can be places of hurt. It can be places of, yes, tears. You heard me right, tears. These, these are places or phases that can reduce a man to a boy or a woman to a girl. And sometimes in the valley of Baca, in your valley of Baca, these are places sometimes you can have periods of questioning and you are asking God why. Sometimes it's places where you don't even sense the presence of God. You only sense the presence of God when you come to church and when Pastor Robert leads us in a time of worship. That's even the time that you, you are even able to sense God even a little bit. But when you are by yourself and when you are in the midst of the valley, you are like, God, why me? Why have you forsaken me? I'm not hearing your voice. I, I don't have any assurance. It looks like I will die here. It looks like I'll be buried here. There is a book written by a man called Philip Keller, and I will recommend that book to you. It's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's a very good book. I've recommended that book to almost all my friends. And since you guys are also my friends, let me recommend that book to you. It's a very small book. You should be able to finish reading it. And, you know, Philip Keller was a shepherd here in America, and he used the shepherding experience to write Psalm 23. 
Very, very powerful, very nice book. And when he reached the place of valleys, he, he says that as Christians, we will sooner or later discover that it is in the valleys of our lives that we will find refreshments from God himself. That's by Philip Keller. And, and in that book, Philip Keller talked about one of such low points he faced in his life that caused him a lot of pain and distress was when his wife was terminally ill with cancer and then she had to pass on to blessed eternity because the wife was a Christian. It was a valley. But Philip Keller explained that through that valley, God has given him much consolation, much hope, and he's given him a time of refreshing during that dark period. And according to Shepherds 2, it is said that valleys are known to have very well-watered routes. It, it, it's normally in the valleys that you will find rivers, streams, springs, and quiet pools. You will not find them on mountainous ranges or hills. You normally find these water bodies or sources of water in a valley. So sometimes when a shepherd leads their flock through a valley, they are comforted that they will be able to find refreshment for their flock. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me today. As much as valleys can be humbling and unpleasant, it can sometimes be a place where you will encounter God. It might sometimes be one of the most powerful places that you will learn some powerful truths about God. Look at Moses. He spent 40 years as an Egyptian, a naturalized Egyptian, yet he was an Israelite. He was enjoying, he was blowing time. Moses was educated according to Egyptian standards. He, 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 he understood royal protocol and royal etiquette. This was a man who was next in line to become a pharaoh. He was enjoying but a time came, he had to go to the backside of the desert. And I don't think it was pleasant and work for his father-in-law. Every man has a sense of pride. And sometimes the last thing you will want to do is maybe work for your father-in-law. And there is nothing wrong working for your father-in-law. But sometimes you know how men we are. But Moses, very humbling. He had to come to a place of a valley. It was a valley for 40 years. He never heard from God. I, I think he had even forgotten what his destiny was until he came to a burning bush and the story turned around. Sometimes it is sometimes in places like this that God can speak to you and God can show you some powerful life lessons that will change our paradigm and that will change our work with God. So, what is your valley? Because your valley can be relative. Unfulfilled expectations. There are some sitting here listening to me at the sound of my voice. Perhaps as you are in July, you feel very unfulfilled because how you had planned the months to be, it never went according to your way. From January to June. Oh, January, I'll do this. February, I'll do that. For a March, I'm going to do this. You had all your plans. You were so happy to wave bye-bye to 2020. Because 2020, the running theme for 2020 was cancel 2020. All of us, in fact, we were all happy to cancel 2020. None of us liked 2020. It was a real valley. You were looking forward to 2021, hoping it will bring something new. 
And as we sit here today, in the year of our Lord, 2021, July 24th, you feel very unfulfilled. That's a valley. You are going through a phase of unfulfilled expectations. And when you have unfulfilled expectations, you are filled with questionings. What is your valley? It could be discouragement. Maybe how you plan things to go, it never went the way you went. Even this summer, you can even become very discouraged this summer. Have you realized this summer you can become discouraged? Because you are thinking of your summer body. Man, I want to have six pack. I'm not having six pack. Everybody has had pandemic weights. We are all struggling with weights. You can't wear your favorite dress. You can't wear your favorite shirt. You can't wear this. And even that one can't even make you feel stressed. Discouragement. It could be your valley. You, you've come to a place whereby you are looking for a word of encouragement and it has become scarce. All around you is discouragement. It could be your valley. Personal things could also be your valley. Your health is under attack. Your finances, you don't seem to make it. As you look at the seventh month, you're asking yourself, I've worked. Where, where is all the money going? I've not saved anything. Bills, I'm saddled with bills. All of a sudden, loans that I've, I thought that they had been written off, I just received a letter in my mail that I have to pay with a lot of interest. Personal things. Maybe you, are, you want to write an exam for something and then you keep on failing. Maybe you applied for this dream job and you, you keep on not getting it. Anything that disturbs your peace, that's a valley. You are at the lowest point of your life now where you don't have peace because you are disturbed. Things are disturbing you. And sometimes things are disturbing people. You see people just talking by themselves. Don't be quick to label them mad. You might never know what they are going through. Anything that disturbs your peace. Sometimes you can come to a place where you lack direction. That can be a valley. You are stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's a place of uncertainty and confusion. You lack direction. You don't know which way to turn. You are stuck. And a place of constant attacks. You can't seem to catch a break. It's like after you dealt with the next other, as soon as you are about to put your head on the pillow, there comes the next bombshell. A place of constant attacks. You are in a valley. That's a valley. And ladies and gentlemen, today, by the word of God, I pray that we will find hope in our hopeless situation. And I pray that we will not stay in the valley, but we will come out of the valley. We should see the valley as a transition point. It's not a destination. We are going to our high place, but sometimes it needs be that we will go through unpleasant places called valleys. It's part of life. It's part of our Christian experience of God. So, the most important part of my message, what to do in your valley. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17 to 25. 
Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 17 to 25. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And they left their images there. And David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord and he said, You shall not go up. Circle around behind them. Come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Now, in this scripture, if you look at the background, David had just been anointed king. Um, if you follow David's story carefully from 1 Samuel chapter 16, right up to this point, David was anointed three times. The first time he was anointed was by Prophet Samuel, who, who prophesied on David that you are going to be a king. After Saul had been dethroned, Due to disobedience. And normally when David was anointed, Bible commentators speculate that it was between the ages of 12 and 17. So we are not really sure. So in between those periods. So let, 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 let's just say 17. He was anointed 17, right? So let's say he, he got anointed at 17. So at 17, he killed Goliath. Then he killed Goliath. All his problems started. Saul became envious of him. Saul wanted to kill him on many occasions. If I were to read the book of 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel, let me just summarize it. It's David just dodging. David dodging attacks. Either he is fighting or he is dodging attacks. Right up to 2 Samuel chapter 1, then we see that David is now mourning the death of Saul. And then he got anointed over Judah. So David was not a king over Israel as a whole. He was just a king over Judah. I think 2 Samuel chapter 2. Then in chapter 5, now David is in Hebron, camped in Hebron, and now they anointed him king over the whole of Israel. So now David was not just king over Judah. Now he is king over the whole of Israel. Now, the prophecy has come to pass. At this point, David was 30 years. 
So if David, like they said, he was anointed between 12 and 17. So let's just say, for the power of illustration, 17, he was anointed. So let's say it took David 13 years for that prophecy to come to pass. 13 years. 13 years of hiding. 13 years of fighting. 13 years of behaving like a madman. 13 years of uh, uh, um, um, being under siege. 13 years of walking in wisdom. 13 years of looking for connection. You know, David was very smart. He knew how to connect. You know, he connected with Jonathan. He, he, he was very smart at how to connect with people. Th- th- 13 years of building his army. Now, age 13, David has now reached the apex of prophecy. We are expecting him to be happy. We are expecting him to have some rest. Finally, the prophecy has come to pass. He is not just king of Judah now. Now he is king over the whole of Israel. It's settled. Now he is in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is now called the city of David. It's come to pass. David has indeed been on a pilgrimage. Which were years long. But in the midst of this, the Bible lets us know that the Philistines deploy themselves in the valley of Rephim. Now, if you have a Bible that has a letter or a number or a center um, column reference, the valley of Rephim here also means the valley of giants. So that's all. So, whilst the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, his enemies gathered. They deployed themselves and they were going to fight David. Now that David has become king, David is now going to face a tough valley situation. What did David do? And I think there's something we can all learn from. But before that, try and remember this child of God. Not everybody wants you to prosper. Not everybody is happy at your success. You would think that when David became king, some will appreciate his process. Look at the process. He was probably anointed a teenager. Now, he's a full-grown man. He has been through it. He has survived. Now look at David. Despite his promotion, not everybody was happy for him. People wanted to kill him. But thanks be to God that when we read this story, we see how David handled a valley situation. His valley of Baca. And the valley of Baca, if you look at the story very carefully, the link of the valley of Baca comes from this story. It was his valley of Baca, a place where he will weep and he will lament. But how was David able to play the hand back to him to his advantage? Some practical things that we can learn from this story, and I'll end my message. What to do in your valley? Number one, pray. Now, when the Philistines deployed themselves against David, in the valley of Rephim, David prayed. Now, these Philistines, they were sworn enemies of Israel. They never wanted the peace, the comfort, or prosperity of Israel. What, what they hated was Israel was at peace. What they hated was Israel had good welfare. They couldn't stand it. And they had a very feared reputation. The Philistines were a very strong army in those days. But when David heard of this, he prayed. 
And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to pray. If, if you do remember Psalm 84 verse 5, David says that blessed is the man whose strength is in the Lord as he sets his heart on a pilgrimage. Look, if you want to gather strength and momentum for the pilgrimage in which you are in currently, you have to be a man of prayer. The Bible says that they that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Strength comes when you know God. And one of the avenues by which you will know God is to develop a consistent lifestyle of prayer. And that's what David did. David prayed. And out of David's prayer and communion with God, he received specific directives and instructions. Which leads me to my second point. Number two, be prepared for a fight. In the midst of the valley, that's not, valleys don't respect Christ. Valleys don't respect pity. Because if you don't take care, you will be buried in the valley. But you don't have to die in the valley. Be prepared for a fight. And sometimes Christians, we believe in prayer. But sometimes we don't believe in the struggle, in the fight, in, in the, fight, in the battle, in the quest for supremacy. Sometimes Christians, we lack on that. But we believe in prayer. So it's not just okay to pray. Be prepared for a fight. That in this sticky situation I find myself in, in this place of weeping and lamentation, I am prepared for battle. When when David prayed and when God spoke to David, he said, go up and you will win the battle. I will doubtless deliver the Philistines in your hand. So God gave him the prophecy, but it was a fight. Valleys are times of fight. And that is why when you don't have godly strength, when your hope is not in God, you will not have strength to fight. It is a time for fighting. It is a time for battle. I don't know what situation you find yourself in, but this is not the time to give up. Ladies and gentlemen, have some confidence in God. Begin to have some resolution. Have some resolve and say, I am not going down without a fight. I am going to fight this thing. I'm going to fight the prophetic promise concerning my life. Whatever that God has said concerning my life, it has to definitely come to pass. Yes, I may have cried. Yes, it might be painful. Yes, I might feel very uncomfortable. I may have cried a lot. I may have grieved a lot. But it's time for me to get ready for a fight because a time has to come where I have to move out of this valley and indeed go into my high place. It's a time for fighting. Be prepared for a fight. And most believers are not prepared for a fight. You know, we said that we are conquerors. You know, Christians, we like to put funny titles on ourselves. I'm a general. But you can't spell spiritual warfare. He said you are general, but you can't spell spiritual warfare. We like to quote scriptures. In all these things, I am more than conquerors. How can you become more than a conqueror when you are not engaged in a fight? Be prepared for a fight. It is a fight. In the valley, it is a fight for your faith. In the valley, it is a fight against your soul. In the valley, it is a fight for you to question God. In the valley, it is a fight for the devil to have the upper hand over you. And you should be prepared for a fight. That's how you deal with valley. Be prepared for a fight. Get your boxing trunks on. This valley, you don't wear suits and tie. 
This valley is business, it's army fatigues and boots. Get ready for a fight. If it's a sword, use a sword. If it's a gun, use a gun. Figuratively speaking. But what I'm saying is that it is time for a fight. In the valley, there are no money pets. You don't get you don't get money pets. You don't go and have money pets appointment. And in, 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 in the valley, it's time for a fight. Your nails are filled with dirt in between. It's time for a fight. I'm going to scratch and claw and make my way through until I see the light of day concerning what God has promised me. And the Bible lets us know that when David did that, he had victory. I don't know whether David, he, 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 he visited pharmacies a lot. He might have do. But, but the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, when you go to a pharmacy and when they give you medicine, on the box of the medicine, when you read it, you should know the intent of the medicine. It's not to heal you. Because if it is to heal you, why would they write on the box? If symptoms persist, please consult a physician. Ask yourself this question. So the medicine that they are giving to you, it is in hope. It's not really complete healing. It might work 50-50. That's what he's saying. That's why it's written on every box. If symptoms persist after seven days, even some of them do write after seven days, please consult a physician. And that's what happened. When David had defeated the Philistines, they didn't just go away. They went to deploy themselves again in the valley of Rephim to refire. And sometimes in the valley where there can be a, 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 it can be a place of constant attacks, you can feel very discouraged. You can't complain. Maybe if I was in David's situation, I would complain. I say, Lord, but I defeated them. Lord, I prayed. Why are they coming again? They are coming again. Verse 22, they have gathered again. They have gathered again. And sometimes valleys can represent places where you experience attack after attack, irrespective of the victories you had the last time. And it is not the time to complain or be discouraged. David could have done that. This is a place where David could have done that. But he wasn't, we didn't complain. Neither was he discouraged. He prayed again. He prayed again. So pray. Be prepared for a fight. It is not the time to complain or be discouraged. Pray again. And mind you, Christian, the fact that God told you the first time doesn't mean he's going to give you the same method. Pray again. The first strategy, the Lord told David, go up. The second strategy, he told, devil, he told David, circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. Different instructions. That's why we need to pray. So in the valley, if you want to survive in the valley, your knowledge of God should take precedence. You, you should have knowledge of God and you can have knowledge of God through prayer. That's one of the avenues. It's not the only avenue, but one of the avenues is prayer. So in, in our valley, it is time for us to do incessant prayer and engage in spiritual warfare. 
that's the only way we will come out. And the Bible lets us know that when David obeyed the directives and the instructions of the Lord, he had victory. And from there, he had peace. And then when you read chapter 6, he goes and brings the ark of the covenant of the Lord, puts it in his house. Where, where, where and, and, and in the Old Testament, when the ark of the covenant is in your house, it is a place of blessing. I pray that may we all have a fighting spirit. Whatever you are going through presently might be unpleasant. But I'm here to tell you it's temporal. It is not yet time to throw the towel. Don't throw the towel yet. Don't quit. Don't give up yet. I don't know how this year is faring towards you. It is not time to write off or cancel 2021. Don't give up. Don't quit. Wipe away your tears. Serve the devil notice today. Today, everybody serve the devil notice that he's in for the fight of his life because you are coming in the strength of the Lord. We will win. We shall overcome. We will reach our high places in Jesus' name. And I declare, nobody will die in the valley. The valley is not your place of burial. You deserve to be buried in your high place. That's where you are supposed to be. You will not die in the valley. You will not be a casualty in the valley. But you will come out of the valley tough. You will come out of the valley strong. You will come out of the valley having a clear perspective of who God is in your life. And with that... Open your hands, your mouth and begin to pray. Pray right now. Kadozi blantoni madoshi kanda libre sayanta dabakuze. Rebo zabanda libre konta. Meka libre bozika dabrando ni madozi bere koshi kadabanda ramazui kodobosabadababababa. I want you all to just begin to pray. Just begin to pray in the spirit of this message. Pray. Kadoze belando brosika ndone mojika dababando. Mando zibento. Calabrosi, Kintorabosha, Kadababanda, Boso, Kodaboki, the Berekadabo, Mendo, Zibrento, Calabrosi, Kadaboshaban, Daraboko, Calabrezo, Bentalibro, Cobando, Rebosi, Bantalibre, Kodabo, Shabanda, Berebo, Kintanima, Doki, De La Bossi, Kadabo, Shikadaba, Pedabo, Zikadabo, Tedaboko, Pedabo, Sikan Talebo, Kodabo, Shabando. Thank Whatever, 
Thank you, Jesus. Father, we've heard your word. Thank you for a fighting spirit. We resolve not to give up. We'll be tenacious because we believe your prophetic word of promise. We thank you that we will reach our high place. But Father, wherever we are now, and if it's an unpleasant stage, give us the resolve and the fight to bounce back that our backs will not be against the wall. As we listen to the song, we take solace in that, that indeed you will make a way. And like the songwriter, we will stand again only because you made a way. Let this song be our reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. It's 11.31 now. So please don't forget to give your offering and tithes. Amen. So if you don't know how to do it, I believe all of us know how to do it. So we're just going to do that, okay? So I'm just going to leave this song. I'm just going to leave it to play again. I'll I finish. I pray that may you have fighting power. Amen. I pray that may you have staying power. I pray that in these moments, may you know God. May your perception 
and your visual acuity of God become clearer and clearer. May you know his power and may that give you assurance that you can walk through every valley and come out on top. I declare you will not become a casualty. You will not be a victim of the valley. You will not be buried in the valley. You are coming out of this valley stronger like never before with a testimony in your mouth. You will become a witness like never before. You will pray like never before because you will have an experience that indeed God is good and his righteousness endures forever. Amen.